All right, how are we doing in here? This is the Soul Baseball Podcast. I'm trying to get a level going. I can't... Can you shit? That's so baseball. All right, this is the handheld version of the So Baseball Podcast. Um, we're coming to you with some new equipment. Um, so you're going to hear some better sounds, hopefully. I apologize for that last episode. It sounded like cheat. It's so baseball. All right, everybody. Thank you and welcome to the postseason so baseball episode whatever it is um the date is november 9th and we're here to give out some awards we're here to talk about a few uh postseason moves that have us scratching our collective heads um but uh first and foremost uh we want to send our congratulations to atlanta great world series um the off season has begun in earnest and we are here to give out our end of season awards. Uh, and we are also going to, um, you know, some of the season's awards have been, have actually been given out, but uh, we're not going to talk about those. We're going to talk about our awards. So um, kicking it right off, we have what we'll call position player of the year. Um, the league calls this MVP, but uh, we don't want any pitchers included in this or even included in the discussion. So we're going to call it position player of the year, AL and NL. AL and NL. Mm-hmm. My, my two awards go to Cedric Mullins of the Baltimore Orioles and Juan Soto of the, National, of the Washington Nationals. Um, now, are these, are these awards biased? Yes. Did, did I watch both of these players very closely because they were on my f- various fantasy teams? That is also true. But um, I just think that the, uh, the season that Cedric Mullins put together for Baltimore was a, was a rare bright spot for that franchise. And same goes for Juan Soto. He was a, a shining star on an otherwise shitty-ass team. Uh, so those are my two guys. Anybody else? Uh, yeah. So I've got, uh, first of all, you also had one more question for you. was like, and yes, you do answer your own questions. Um, the, so I picked in the NL. Actually, let me start in the AL. I picked two players because I couldn't get past either one of them. I just thought they had uh, tremendous seasons and uh, on, on each of their own rights. And the first one was Vladimir Guerrero. I mean, the guy just had a monster year. And, and led in so many categories and just, you know, kind of poked around towards the Triple Crown. And my second AL guy, who I couldn't fit anywhere else on this list of players, and he deserves it, is Salvador Perez. Mm-hmm. Salvador Perez is a catcher, broke, I think, you know, he had like 48 home runs. Uh, just an amazing season, and not a young guy, an older guy, has been around for quite a while. And just a, a, a superstar talent, superstar person all the way around. So those are, I, I couldn't, I tried to figure out like one or the other, but I couldn't. And then for the NL, I had to go with Brandon Crawford. 
I mean, that's fine. I, I was so shocked by that he was not included in the final three that the, the MLB is with their stupid idea of like shortening it to a short list for whatever period of time. Um, the guy did everything the team needed and was the only player who really played, you know, a good chunk of percentage time for the Giants and they won 107 games. And he had a, he had a great season, almost at 300, had 90 RBIs, 20 whatever home runs. Won a gold glove, as we know now, but his fielding was just just incredible. And I don't think the three people that they pick are have that same effect upon upon the the team as a whole. So um, yeah, because the, the, all three guys who were up for running for for MVP in the NL, they're great players, had great seasons, but none of their teams made the playoffs. So well, I feel like that that's rare. Be- I feel like that um, being on a good team needs to be um, de-emphasized in terms of the voting. I know it'll never be, and I know it's impossible to ask player or ask voters not to look at, you know, team context. But um, if you look at someone, not to bring it back to my guy, yeah. But bringing it back to my guy, <laughs> Cedric Mullins put up a thirty thirty season. Yeah. Um, he was, uh, you know, and he also hit over three hundred. Or no, sorry, he hit 291, mm-hmm. but um, with a 360 on base percentage and uh, 518 slugging. So for a guy who never played more than 50 games in a season before, for him to play 159 games, leading off, uh, he gave up switch hitting this year, which I think yeah. contributed to his power. Yep. Uh, and a 30-30 season, 30, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. I mean, that's, that's MVP material right there. Oh, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying that of the three players that the, that the Major League Baseball has put forward in their little whatever they want to call it, round robin of picking awards, um, none of them won anything. So I think that is just kind of like – because also baseball, it's, it's also – and it comes up every once in a while where a well-rounded player, a player who's amazing on defense and amazing on offense – and I think defense is forgotten sometimes with MVP, and it shouldn't mm-hmm. be. And I think that's a, I think MVP should be a well-rounded player. But let's live. I agree. Ross, and, let's give uh, Sasha and Dave a chance to. Yeah, who wants to go next? Um, so I can go next. Um, I think AL, you're all high. I mean, what the hell, Shohei Otani. <laughs> I mean, Cedric Mullins' his war is like freaking 5.7, and Shohei Otani is 9. Like, granted, he also pitches, but I, come on, man. What? Cedric will – no, no. That's, well, come on. No way. Well, we have another award coming up. So We do have another award. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so uh, Shohei Otani, but I agree with you with Juan Soto for NL position player. Just fantastic. Great year. Strongly agree. Daver? Cool. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, I agree with Sasha. Shohei Otani, most valuable player. And here's why I think so. He did something no one else could do. That's very valuable. (laughs) (laughs) He he hits and then he pitches. No one is is getting near that. You got to you got to support that. You have to take note. Um, Agree. And I, I did. Um, well, and, then, and that's the thing is like he breaks the mold, right? Because you have a category for pitchers and position players. Like he's both. 
So, I mean, Dave is completely right. You have to take that into account. As a position player, he adds another dimension to the game that literally no other player is going to be able to do because he's also an amazing pitcher. It's just unheard of. Yeah. I mean, he picks up Warren. If you're redrafting, you know, every team is redrafting from scratch and they get to pick a player. He's going number one. He gives you he gives you more than any other player gives you, and in this year he did it really well on both both sides if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, he almost had a no hitter. He hit several grand slams. Both of those facts may not be true, but <laughs> I think that it doesn't matter because he brought something no one else could. So I I agree, position I mean, player of the year all the way. His OPS plus was 158, okay? I mean, he only batted 257, but his OBP was 372. I mean, that's just, just crazy. He just, I mean, if he didn't know how to hit a home run, he was getting walked. Yeah. Anyway. I love him. I love him. Okay. And then well, my NL player of the year is, is Tatis, and I don't think that's correct, but I picked him. Because anytime a Padre is even near anything, you have to you have to help him out. So even though I do not believe that he was the most valuable player, or the best player, or even that great of a player at, at times, I'm giving it to him because the Padres need all the help they can get. I would have almost rather you didn't give it to him and take back some of the horrible things you just said. Well... Um, the whole notion of most valuable player, it can mean so many things to so many people, you know? I mean, I think that if you're not on of like a team that matters, your accomplishments go way down, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't think that, I think that being in the thick of, uh, of a playoff race with pressure and, you know, the last month of the season, so many of these players, they were just, you know, swinging around. Who knows what kind of pitching they were getting because it didn't even matter anymore. Um, you know, it's a, very, it's a very strange category in general. Yes, it is. And I don't think anyone knows um, really how to define it. I, I agree. And, um, you know, although the Padres fed, did fall out of contention, I mean, this guy battled through season-long shoulder injury every time he came back he came back with a vengeance hitting home runs carrying the team still stealing bases playing whatever defensive position they asked going back to shortstop after a stint in the outfield like uh and even though the padres were out of it the, the um they had to keep playing every team tough because of the nl west race that was going on around them between the giants and the dodgers i mean they played both of those teams a lot and the in the final stretch. And uh, I don't think Tatis took many games off, even despite his injury. So I, I like your pick of Tatis, and I do think he is deserving of it. Oh, well, thank you. Um, moving on. We're going to just um, – we're going to go around the room. Uh, rookie of the year. Just say your two picks for each league and uh, and one or two sentences about them. Uh, Kev, you want to go first? Sure. I, I, I'm going to go with uh, Jonathan India for the Cincinnati Reds for National League, just because he was – it seemed like every time you saw a Reds highlight or something, he was in the midst of it. He played 150 games, played the full season, played it tough. And then for um, uh, for American League, I'm going to go with uh, Randy 
Rosarena. Rosarena, sorry. Yeah, Randy Rosarena on the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, that guy had the monster postseason last year, and he had a super solid season. And I think he was a 2020, right? He had 20 homers, 20 steals or something like that. Yes. And uh, so, anyway, those are my two guys. Sasha? Um, I have exactly the same picks as Kevin for those two players. And I'll be honest with you, I you know it's it, this is kind of a weird one because if the rookies are on teams that you really don't care about, it's kind of hard to keep track of that. So that's why mm-hmm. I kind of cheated. Yeah, goes <laughs> out there. So just based off of stats, like I don't really watch that that many you know Tampa Bay and, and Cincinnati Reds games, but you know just looking at the stats, yeah, they're, they're definitely deserving. Yeah. And, and I think that it, so, and, and just real quickly, just like you know, one of the things that I think is also fascinating too, just like because this this is actually coming up with Buster Posey. Like immediate impact player as soon as he entered the major leagues, you know what I mean? Just like no doubter, and yeah. like these two guys are the same. It's just like it's just unbelievable, right? That uh, India has like 21 home runs in this rookie season. It's just that's insane. It's really yeah. Daver, um, I'm gonna go with uh, Wander Franco, and the only reason I picked him was because. Um, I feel like I knew more about him because Ross told me he was really good. Um, <laughs> so that is that. And then I picked also Randy a Rosarina, but I'm, I'm mad about it. And I'll tell you what, mm. he played last year. I know that for a fact. I saw him playing last year and now yes. he's getting rookie of the year this year. Well, right? I don't I mean, yes. that I don't like it. No, I'm like with it. you, Dave. He I think they need to change the rookie it, eligibility. But he is in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I sort of have a – my list, um, I'll just jump in. I had India and Franco uh, as well. And I know that maybe numbers-wise, Arena, um kind of outshone Wander Franco. But Franco came up midseason, and he just did like – incredible things and you know playing a position like shortstop jumping right in to a first place team taking over shortstop um switch hitting hitting with power um he never had that rookie lull really that like kellenic or other rookies that came up and really struggled did uh sure rosarena is deserving but like you said he's he had his his coming out party last postseason everybody knows about randy so um give it to wander for the al and india i think is a uh, pretty unanimous for the nl um moving along uh pitcher of the year i'll go first i have corbin burns in the national league uh he was just unhittable all year long uh at least until the postseason and then in the al i'm gonna go with a closer liam Hendricks. um he was just too good all season, just dominant, just uh, absolutely dominant. And he was always a delight to watch. He is just his enthusiasm, his whole Australianness was just so infectious. So those are my picks. Uh, who wants to go next? I can go next. I got so I have. I'm gonna go with uh, someone who I saw a few times, uh, Julio Arias. And mm. again, why isn't he in the top three of choices that they put they they fractionized out for their little their little run up to the award announcements? Um, it's crazy. I mean, the guy had twenty wins. He only had three losses. Pitched amazing throughout the season. Was super consistent. Uh, and 
and you know and kind of you know hung in in there all the way and then in the ale i'm gonna go i'm you know traditional i'm gonna go with garrett cole garrett cole was super solid for the yankees top in most of the stats for all starters uh not too many walks a lot of strikeouts uh just you know good you know top era for starters almost um just overall just a a, a super solid season although liam hendricks yes also great year for him too but go with garrett cole sasha so i picked uh carlos carlos orodon for the white nice um you know i think that you know he's kind of pretty he's fourth in contention for the cy young but um i think what for me, if you kind of look at the number of earned runs he has, it's pretty low compared to some of the others there. So, and he's also won 13 games. So I think that counts. And the reason I say it counts is because my other pick, Adam Wainwright, um, not the best pitcher, but if you factor in age, which to me is important because I'm older, I want to root for the old guy. Adam Wainwright, yep. he's, he's I like fantastic. It. I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. He's, he's He's been in the game for 16 years, and he just had a, a great season. You he know? did. I think that should be warranted. It was. I was just really impressed. Like again, I didn't really pay too much attention to the St. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals, but when they made the playoffs, and I was watching the game, and they were saying just like how solid he was for this 16th year in a row. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. I got to agree with you there. Um, yeah, I, me too. I, I I thought it was just great seeing him play. Me too. I agree too. David? Me out. Uh, my choices were um, a little bit, they, these might shock you. So, so get ready to get ready to be shocked. Um, for the National League, I went with um, Joe Musgrove. Nice. He got a no hitter for the Padres. Okay. That's like really hard to do. Never happened before in their whole in their whole history. So I think right there that's got to count for something. And then for AL, with Otani, come on, nice. <laughs> he's hitting, he's hitting, he's swinging, he's throwing. He's I. He, what can't this guy do? You know, I mean, I'm with you. He, he give this guy all the awards. I'm saying. Okay, well, you slotted Otani in in the pitcher slot. I like that. Double if, Otani. If um, if MVP, they can count his pitching, then the Cy Young Award should also include your hitting stats. I agree. I um, agree. So I love that. Um, Sasha, notable uh, piece of note, uh, If in case we don't get to uh, all of the interesting transactions, um, it's just fascinating to me that Carlos Rodon was not extended – a qualifying offer by the White Sox. And I don't know what the fuck is wrong with them, but the guy threw a no hitter this year. And like you said, he was fourth in, in the voting. Like how are they not extending him a qualifying offer? And anyway. yeah, I had to read, I had to read that. I mean, it was, a, it was a larger article, but I had to read that again. It's like, wait, why, why are they not doing this? I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. It's a mind scratching. Uh, but anyway, I know some folks are short on time, so I will, um, I'm going to run through all the rest of my awards right now, and then I'll ask you each to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, for my spirit award, I gave it to Tyler O'Neill of the St. Louis Cardinals. 
he is such um, gold gold glove winner, Tyler O'Neill. Um, but anyway, he's like this super buff Canadian guy. He's just super serious all the time. Um, he when he tries to get dressed up in his like drip gear, he looks like completely ridiculous. Um, he he like is like runs the bases like this like little buff guy. Um, he crashes into outfield walls. Um, you know, he's just he's just such a nut. Um, I always like to I I get like um, gravitated toward like these kind of nutty uh, players that just play out of their heads and like. Um, so Tyler O'Neill is my spirit award. Um, best individual moment. Dave just stole that. That was Joe Musgrove's no hitter for the Padres. Um, my villain is Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager (laughs) for just fucking up right and left. And then somehow still getting a job. If you're going to go, Oh, Boone doesn't decide this. It's not Boone's fault. Well, then you demand to decide this like um, Mike Schilt. I mean, Mike Schilt got himself fired from the Cardinals for demanding to manage. And they're like, Hey, you're going to be this bossy. Um, We're going to get rid of you. We're going to bring in, you know, your bench coach who just is going to plug and play, like we say, read off the Denny's menu. So, Boone, if you really want to be thought of as a, as a manager, then manage and demand to manage. They just fired all your coaches. They're going to bring in new, new nannies to look over you next season. Uh, they brought in all new coaches. So, good luck. I know you're a clubhouse guy. I'm sure you're a wonderful guy to have a catch with in the backyard. But uh, get your shit together. And finally, front office of the year. I'm giving it to the Braves. Um, their post, their um, trade deadline of just getting all those guys for next to nothing, putting together a great postseason run and cobbling it together. We've we've talked about the loss of Soroka. We've talked about all the, the losses they had, and they still kept the core of their team playing well and got them the help they needed. So that's my wrap-up. Uh, Kevin? Uh, yeah, so my spirit awards, he – Here's where I put Otani because Otani encourages everyone to do everything. So he's like, he's just across the board. You know, if you're, if you're a kid pitching, you can say, Hey, I want to be like Otani, which means you start hitting. If you're a kid hitting, you say, Hey, I want to be Otani and you start pitching too. So it's, I just think he, he just had an amazing overall. And also just him as a person uh, was just very, very great in all circumstances, mm-hmm. all-star game, everything else. Just, I mean, Ross, you went to that one game where he scored. I think he barreled in and scored at the end. Was that the game? Yep, game? that was the Orioles that, game. That yeah, was that the was, first time uh, I went to Angel Stadium. Pr- pretty amazing. Um, then moving on to uh, moment or play, I'm going to go with Talkman's catch on Pujols' <laughs> homer. And, and you know, I know I'm, I'm biased because I'm a giant, but also a giant fan, but but because of the moment, that, that was the turning point for the Giants. The Giants' season turned on that game. Um, they, were, they had already lost a game, I think, on that series. And then it was a Friday night. Pujols joining the Dodgers. Everyone's going bananas. He's pinch hitting. Hits the monster shot. Everyone in the dugout thinks they got it. They're all, uh, fans are going wild. And freaking Talkman, who had three great moments during the year with another catch off of Soto, I think, and, uh, and a grand slam homer against the Rangers. He didn't do anything else, but he did those three things. 
Um, just, just amazing moment. Um, I did have a, a, a backup on that too, a second one, which was Tim Anderson's homer against the Yankees in the Iowa cornfield game. Oh, uh, field yeah. of dreams. I mean, that was just that was the height of baseball. They had the highest rating game of midseason, midweek, like in a very long time. All these eyes are watching this game. The game is incredible. The Yankees, you know, get the two homers in the top of the ninth. And then Tim Anderson walks it off with every freaking firework going off uh, in the cornfield, catching on fire. It was it was incredible. Um, for villain, and this is before all the crap even came out about what he had done, is Trevor Bauer. He was already a villain when he pe- played against the Giants and he walks off the mound and is putting his hand to his ear and he's putting his sword in his little sword thing, imaginary sword. Um, not like I think some team had real swords. Um, and, you know, all that stuff that came out about him later, whatever. But, I mean, that's terrible. But he was already the guy just – and I, I also thought, like, I think he really screwed up with the Dodgers, like, team chemistry in the early part of the season. But um, – so that was that one. And then I, for front office, I'm going to stay home and go with the Giants. Nice. Just just because they they – they they did something that no one thought they could do and they did it really well and they had all the right the the bus between Sacramento and San Francisco the the River Cats coming to the back and forth was was well played mm-hmm. <laughs> they were I right like at that. every moment and that's I like mine that, those are mine Sasha? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next. Sorry, Rossi. I'm I'm gonna go yeah. next because I gotta jump off and I'll be fast, Sasha. So get your list real real ready here. Okay, front office Braves, no brainer. Okay, brainer. They won the World Series. That's all I got. The villains. I got two villains. Carlos Correa because mm. he's an asshole, and the entire <laughs> Dodgers baseball team. Right, so those are the villains. The Spirit Award, Freddie Freeman. He's the most Tony uh, Gwynn-like player in the in the in the game. Yeah, and so yes. that's that's a beautiful thing. Um, and then the two moments that I remember most, obviously the Padres no hitter. That made a that yeah. made all of us really happy. And then the part where the guy in the World Series hit the ball out of the stadium. <laughs> that really yeah. just sunk the entire Houston Astros, and that was wonderful. Beautiful. Um, I love it. And that's it. it. I love you guys. Okay. And let's let's do this again real soon. Okay. Cool. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. All right, Sasha, your turn. So for Spirit Award, uh, Kiki Hernandez for having one of the best postseasons a player has ever had. Just amazing. Never seen a player freaking take over a game in that way. Not only for one game, but for I think a good like four or five games. Um, best individual moment, I'm going to revert to just Red Sox stuff for the most part. Two grand slams in one game. Red Sox, game two, ALCS. What a moment. Just unbelievable. It was just so much fun to watch that game. Yeah. Um, and just forget the context of them eventually losing. Um, I, I will do an honorable mention. Uh, Buster Posey retiring at the top hmm. of his game. I, I, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really sad. But it's just unbelievable to just look back on that career and him retiring in this way is so on point for him. It just, to me, it's just, it just really encapsulates everything from the moment he came into, into, into the major leagues until his retirement. He's always been a class act, always been part of the team. 
you, know, you can ask any of the pitchers who, who he's caught for. They'll say that he's one of the best uh, catchers that they ever worked with. So I just think that that was a great moment. I love that. Um, villain Alex Rodriguez for being the king <laughs> commentator ever. It's like literally people are turning off the TV to watch because they can't stand his commentating. It's just unbelievable how this guy still has a job. He is terrible. <laughs> um, front office of the year. Um, I do have an honorable mention, but it's got to be the Braves. Like that that trade deadline deal. It, it's I think it's going to go down as one of the greatest in history. It's unbelievable. He completely replaced his outfield, and and they won the World Series. It's an incredible, incredible job. Um, but you know the Boston Red Sox for outperforming and all expectations of just making it to the playoffs and, and winning one round, right? Actually, two rounds, right? With the wild card, mm-hmm. definitely have to include them. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, Atlanta Braves. I love that. All right. Well, good. Um, I loved, <laughs> I loved, uh, I loved your awards. And I have to. I'm sure Kevin, you wanted to speak about Buster Posey a little bit, but yeah, he did go out the right yeah. way. No, he's he's just a, he's a whole show to himself. So, um, you know, no, I don't. It'd be hard pressed to find a player who had a better first five years of their career than he had. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to bring up a, I wanted to bring up something and I thought, I thought this was going to come, I thought this was going to get uh, an award today. Uh, didn't get any awards, whether that's best individual moment or villain or what have you, but wind, wind did not get, um, any awards, especially, you know, for its prominent role in the postseason uh, Dodgers Braves series, uh, or no Dodgers Giants Giant, series, my yeah. bad. Um, I, I'd say for for the Dodgers, Wind would have to be uh, get an honorable mention for. I, I heard villain. they're trying they're trying to sign him as a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> good good transition, but let's talk about some of the uh, notable transactions. Um, I have a little list here. Um, yeah, I've, I haven't been paying attention, so. Okay, so I'm just going to read this out, and um, then you each can. Um, Take, take note of a couple that you want to comment on. Um, Johnny Cueto, his option was de- declined. Uh, Pedro Severino became a free agent. Um, Andrew Heaney was signed by the Dodgers for $8.5 million. That goes under head scratcher of the year. Um, Who, wait, jo- wait, wait a second. Who got signed? Andrew Heaney, the shitty-ass pitcher that the Yankees couldn't wait to get rid of, is now signed for the Dodgers for $8.5 million. That's their yeah. LOL of the early off. That was a weird pickup because they're just like, yeah, this guy's great. And you look at his stats, it's like, no, he's terrible. Like, mm. no, All he does is give up solo home runs. He's the worst. Um, Justin Verlander, um, he's, he's doing showcases, and he seems to be throwing very hard, and some, some big team's going to give him another chance. Um, Alex Bregman had wrist surgery. That explains his terrible uh, season by his standards. Um, Wilmer Flores will be back with the Giants. His option was picked up. Christian yeah. Vasquez's op- option was picked up by the Red Sox. Carlos Rodon, as we mentioned, was not extended a qualifying offer. Brandon Belt gets the qualifying offer, mm-hmm. and there's some debate as to whether he will take that. Some people think he's going to put- potentially work with the team, decline the qualifying offer, but then sign a two- or three-year deal yeah, to so stay with the Giants. It's probably going to happen. Um, Kershaw, no qualifying offer. That's kind of a slap in the face. Uh, his teammates, Corey Seager and Chris Taylor, both get the qualifying offer. They're going to both decline it. 
Um, Carlos Correa got and declined his qualifying offer. Uh, Mike Zanino will be back with the Rays. They exercise the team option. Garrett Richards becomes a free agent. Trevor Story declines his qualifying offer. He'll be a free agent. Um, Other notable qualifying offers that we expect to be declined. Robbie Ray, Marcus Semien, Noah Syndergaard, uh, Conforto. Joe Kelly, probably the coolest Dodger, was uh, released by the Dodgers. They declined to pick up his option. Uh, the White Sox pick up Craig Kimball's option. Castellanos gets the qualifying offer in Cincinnati. And M- Mark Melanson declines his prayer- player option. He thinks he's going to go out and get uh, some money. Um, Yuri Gurriel will be back with the Astros. They pick up the option. Jose Ramirez will be the captain of the Cleveland Guardians when they start up. His option was picked up. Trevor Bauer, villain of the year, exercises his 2020 option to get $32 million from the Dodgers if he is not suspended. And finally, Kevin Kiermeyer underwent knee surgery. Hmm. So um, anybody want to talk about any of those? Just trying to get my head around all that. That was quite a yeah. good list. I mean, I, lear- I was learning as you were reading because I kind of had been working really hard the last five or six days, so I missed – I mean, a lot of that. Yeah, I I think that the story is like all the stuff that you didn't mention, right? It just, you know what I mean? Like, these are all just kind of like moves that, you know, don't don't mean things in the larger scheme of things. But I I think that what's interesting is like the developing stories that are coming up, like for Mm. the the Giants. They have so much flexibility, especially now that Posey is not going to be playing next year with his $22 million a year. It's just unbelievable. They have so much potential to really improve the core team that they have. Um, everyone, I think, is very jealous of their position right now because, like, right mm-hmm. now their their salary is like really small, and they still have the core of the team there. And they also do have a catcher in the wings who probably won't start this next season. Kevin mm. Bart, said? yeah. Oh yeah, no, I think I think th- th- I think well, it's Joey Bart's an interesting case because he's not a Farhan pick he mm. was picked before Farhan became the head of baseball so there's some conjecture there if he's really supportive of him they'll probably give him a shot or they'll trade him yeah and then I think the other story is just like the, the Dodgers who are in a lot of trouble I forget how many free agents they have but I think it's like in the 20s maybe it's like 26 free agents like they're gonna be really busy this year yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I I think also I mean the the elephant in the room is the uh, the you know the bargaining of, on the agreement for the players yeah. and teams and and so so I, I I get the feeling that some of these qualifying offers have some things to do with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Good point. That there's a bit of um, uh, strategy on on some of these dealing with that. Um, not quite sure what that strategy is, but there, you know, if you go back in the history of baseball and in the eighties, there was a whole collusion thing with free agents and, you know, the teams, the teams do have some overarching approaches when these kind of contracts come up. Um, and some teams break with that and other teams don't, uh, but usually there's a, there's a core kind of philosophy, how the teams are going to circle the wagons and approach that coming off season. So um, we'll kind of see what happens as these guys get offered contracts um, because 
who knows if they might not be playing, you know, that's the thing mm-hmm. too. So um, I, I think, it, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I do think though, the other big thing is I think a lot of people are, our teams are reassessing their approach, their approach to, um, to how they put their team together. Um, I think, you know, you can't do what the giants do and not have people at least look at it. They might not agree with it, but they're going to look at it. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers obviously have already been kind of doing stuff. The Rays as well. Um, the Heaney one is one of those head scratchers, but you start, you have to look at that and say, what, what are they filling? Why are they signing him for one year? You know, what's the, what's the goal there? What's, you know, and then not re-signing Joe, what's his name? Um, Kelly, Joe Kelly. And so you go, oh, okay. So there's, and, you know, there's lots of um, under the, under the um, surface. Under the, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of things going on. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting off season. Yeah. So do you actually think that people are holding off on making any major moves until they know what's going to go on with yes. the, the agreement? They are, right? Yes. I, well, it depends. I mean, the, the history of baseball again is, because see, if if you've got like eighty percent of the teams going, oh yeah, we're gonna do that, right? Mm-hmm. But then the one guy who's like, screw you, I'm gonna try and get as many good players as I can get. Um, that changes people's philosophy too. That they'll they'll mm-hmm. they'll break because they don't want to get caught short. Uh, but I do agree. I think there's a lot of standoffers. I, I think those the offering, you know, the qualifying offer things definitely have something to do with that because. Um, they they're kind of drawing a line also their statements as well to the players i mean uh the one that you were saying like radon right um like he had a history of injuries mm-hmm. so you know that's part of it maybe they're trying to bet on that and um don't want to yeah you know offer him something that's too big or maybe they get a better deal um because because the other thing once you off the, the really thing is once you offer right ross and if the players get a feeling like, oh, this is another one of those years where they're not signing people, they might actually bite at that offer. So, well, once, yeah, once I you mean, put it out there, you're you're the qualifying close. offer is all about the draft pick that you're going to get back right. when this player declines the qualifying offer and then signs elsewhere. So it's almost like an insurance policy for mm-hmm. the teams, knowing they're going to lose a free agent. It, um, usually. Every, Yes. No, there are exceptions, notable exceptions, where a player makes sense to take a one-year prove-it deal, like uh, Marcus Stroman, accepts the qualifying offer, has a great year, earns that money, but now is in a time to, he's like, he went out there and did a great job, and now he's going to get a nice three- or four-year contract. Um, Yeah. I, I, I I didn't count, but I bet last year had the most players who accepted the qualifying offer. I think a few did. Um, I think it was like four. Kevin, Goss, Kevin Gossman did. Yeah. And now DeScalfani will uh, – he got one this year, so mm-hmm. he'll have the same choice from the Giants, right? Can you, uh, can you guys confirm there's only a certain amount you can give out, right? No, you can give it out to any player on an expiring contract okay. um, who was not traded midseason and who has not been extended the qualifying offer before. So it only the player can only have this have one time. Now – um, a lot of times teams, um, if they know they have no interest in a player, they won't extend the qualifying offers because with that qualifying offer attached to a player, it makes them harder for them to 
sign a free agent deal because the team doesn't want to give up that those draft picks. So, um, you know, if the Dodgers know they don't want to bring back Kershaw and he's going to go sign somewhere else, they want to make him free and clear to just get out there and be able to sign. So they don't want to have that attached to him. Um, or maybe they're afraid he'll pick, he'll pick it up and they, they saw something in his, uh, you know, his scans that were like, yeah, this guy's not going to really be ready for the season anyway. So we're not picking this up. So who knows? I, did, are you sure? I think the Giants didn't. Did they offer D. Scalfani? Because I, I, I don't think they did. But I was reading something here. But maybe they did after this article. I'll look it up. Yeah. Good, but but ex- exactly. And, and it's like Johnny Cueto is a really interesting oh, one too, right? You're right. He did not get. Only Belt got it. Right. My bad. And, and Johnny Cueto is an interesting one because – so that was the thing. They they either had to pick up the option for twenty two million, or pay him five million to not right. take it. Right. They, pay, they paid him the five million, which for <laughs> for Cueto, good good deal, right? Yeah. Um, pay five million not to. Yeah, pay five million, and maybe you can get a contract for fifteen million from someone. <laughs> you know, you still, still exactly doing okay. exactly. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting times, and I I, I think there's all those little those little um, little movements. Cause uh, I just see all this here. There's 14 players who got qualifying offers. Um, and um, it's quite a. Yeah, it's, a uh, it's, a, it's, it's a lot. And you know, most of them will decline it. It's a formality really, but um, you know, it is, is interesting to see like, Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe some of these people will take 18, 0.4 million to play one more season with their existing team. Yeah, and, and Ross, do you know the how that how they come up with that number? It's the average salary of the top 150 players. Right. Wow. Wow. There That's, you go. Yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking at the list here. There's 14 players. Do, uh, do we know what the percentage is of people who accept the offer? I think it's pretty low, isn't it? Yeah, it's. It's only one or two per year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Since since this started, I'm just reading this line here. Since the qualifying offer system was introduced in 2012-2013 offseason, 10 of the 96 players have accepted, have uh, have received it. Mm -hmm. So uh, roughly 10%. 10% accept it. Yeah, exactly. So 10 out of 96. I think the average, the average qualifying offer is like, Trevor's story, you know, he doesn't want to resign there. He's yeah. angry with his current team. Um, and they know they're not even going to make him like right. an offer. So they're like, qualify, give him a qualifying offer. That way, yeah. whoever signs him, the Rockies get one of their draft picks and the Rockies can continue to do their absolutely idiotic shit that they've been doing forever. forever. Yeah. So um, and, it's and kind if, of bullshit. And if they pay him eighteen point four million for next season, they'll be happy with that too, because they get the star player for that. If it if it comes down to that, you know? <laughs> well, this is Story's chance to get paid by somebody, so obviously he's not going to take it. No, but if if, we, if we're in the collusion world where no one's offering, or people are offering but not so good, you know, you can you'll take that year to to wait it out while they fight it out with the agreement and everything else. So I have to go, but I want to leave because you're, you're ending on Trevor's story. It's like, thank God I'm not a Rockies fan. <laughs> they didn't get anything for him. Like, it just like, I don't understand how they screwed it up. Like, they knew that he was going to leave. It's just like, they're asking way too much. It's like, you wanted to get something for him. Now he's just going to walk. 
And I just read an article, they're not going to re rebuild. They don't feel the need, even though they came in fourth place. Right. <laughs> so happy I'm not a Rockies fan. But they just got to get better on the road. That's all. Is that ever going to be possible, though? Well, they just have two teams, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like these European soccer teams who have the midweek yeah. team that goes and plays in the Champions League, and then they have their domestic yeah. squad. Exactly. Oh, God, what a nightmare. Anyway, yeah. well, uh, yeah, this was great. And, and more to be said and more, more. More coming down the line. Yeah, get back into it as, as uh, November rolls into December and Hot yeah. Stove League. And yeah. hopefully the, the, the big – I hope they get the, the agreement worked out early so we're not, we're not stretching us in the spring training where teams or guys are out there trying to figure out what they're doing, the team they're on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, good stuff, guys. Thanks for joining. And uh, we'll talk to you as soon as anything comes up in the baseball world. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. All, right. All right. Have Take a care. good one. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Whoa. So baseball.